Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't. The conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and joining me today is Simone Fortier. She has a myriad of professional athletes and even medical doctors of the highest caliber as her clients. She's known for her deep, intuitive understanding of the root cause of pain, coupled with her vast knowledge of human anatomy and the lymphatic, cranial, and trigger point systems. A highly regarded lecturer, teacher, and innovative fascia therapist, Simone's also the author of two books. How to Beat Brain Burps, an exercise-based way for children to ignite all facets of their brain for streamlined learning and gaining control over pain, which contains 11 secret healing therapies that patients can practice in their own time. Simone sees the bigger picture works backwards, knowing that treating the symptom of a problem will lead to continuous treatments without resolution. She teaches to get to the root cause of the problem to create permanent change. Sought sought after in the four corners of the world, Simone's mission has always been to help people. Now with her expertise in high demand, she travels the world to share her knowledge with health practitioners and advanced strength coaches so their clients and athletes will have access to true fascial therapy and the ability to find real brain boosting and pain healing solutions in their own locations. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's an honor, really, to to get this message out to all the people there that need support. It is quite an important message. Before we started recording, we were talking about people who are struggling on the inside and walking around looking okay. And that describes so many people I know, and and they need to hear this. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, so I go the 80-20% rule. There's 80% of people really recover from concussion or trauma on their own, but 20% don't. And so what I'm finding out with the research that I'm doing is that they don't have the resources on the inside, which could be brain nutrition, could also be the, the, um, their brain is already biochemically altered, meaning they have ADHD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and are multiple um, stressors or traumas. And so therefore they don't have the resources physically by nutrition inside their body. So therefore they go into overwhelm. And so I, I call it like running from the bear fight or flight. So when you have a trauma, let's say like a death or a head injury, the body responds the same. So it goes into fight or flight, and then it determines whether it has the resources to heal. If not, it keeps running. And then eventually the person plays dead, which they go into freeze or numbness. So they're lying down, but the bear's still circling them. So in that state, people can't even make a decision. So you see high performing women, you see men, you see children, and they're stuck. They can't even decide what to do for dinner because one thing is too much. So they just go into survival mode. And so people look at them and let's say they were in an abusive situation and people say, why can't you leave? You're like a multi-billion dollar company here and you're this and that. And that's because their brain can't change. They're in freeze mode. So everything's in shutdown. So those are the people that again, look amazing because yes, they're productive in business. They look good on the outside, but also too, if, if some of their brain is compromised, let's say they did a brain test 
for cognition. They're still average or above average, but they're not themselves, which were, you know, usually away above. So now they're like the average bear. And inside they're like, I know that's not me. And, and then it goes into like, I had a dentist who had a concussion riding a bike in Amsterdam and she saw a lot of people there, but nobody could understand what was going on with her. That she goes in work, I'm nervous if I make a mistake because I'm not as sharp. And she, she was worried about the results. So again, that creates more of that fight or flight. So it's stuck in a, a neurological loop. So it just creates more trauma. And that's so unbelievably true. Even a light bulb burning out after losing Jim felt like I had to completely repair my entire house. It was just too much. And the rest of the world doesn't see that. They don't see the struggle we're going through silently throughout the day. Yes, absolutely. And so it's like bringing that voice out to the public. So you know, because it's the families and the people at work that need to know what's happening. Because here's the thing, a trauma person or a concussion per person cannot advocate for themselves. And what happens to the brain too, is becomes distrusting. So when you're in fight or flight or freeze, you, you distrust others. So it's like, if I share this with somebody while I'm running from the bear, it might cause me my life, right? And you don't want that. So you have to look like you're all intact so, you, so that the enemy or the predator doesn't see a weakness. And so the brain goes right into that limbic brain. And so, yeah, that light bulb really is. And then that's why too, it doesn't get changed. And then, people and then the rest of the world expects you to function the way you did before. And it's extremely interesting to know that certain people are more at risk. So I had a concussion after a car accident, but I didn't know I was more at risk because I already lived with anxiety. Yes. So what I'm finding in the research that I'm doing, because the 20% that I originally worked with were ADHD people and because their brains already biochemically altered. I knew that because of the anxiety and the internal dialogue. And, you know, a lot of my kids that I work with, they're like, I don't want to be diagnosed with ADHD. And I'm like, well, do you know the best athletes have ADHD and people in business have ADHD and um, the Navy SEALs, every single one of them have ADHD and they don't recover from blast trauma because their brain is already biochemically altered. They have strategies and they have networks that work. You have a trauma going in, the networks fall apart. So then they can't even grasp those strategies that they use for success. Then that leads to overwhelm. So yeah, it's um, the 20% is really significant. My demographic could be from trauma, um, could be from a car accident, could be from multiple injuries, because the number one cause of head injury is really falling in children and seniors. So it's that balance thing. So how do you get your brain balanced? And then, so what I'm finding is that ADHD people are already deficient in GABA. So GABA is the natural relaxer really of your brain. It can take you out of a heightened state. And if you don't have that, then you're always in that heightened state. So that's the ADHD brain, but also the concussed brain does that as well. So then what I'm finding, which is really interesting because the How to Beat Brain Burps book was based on really created for a three-year-old girl who was falling down the stairs, hypermobility and hitting her head. And so she did all the exercise, rocked it. And she was teaching older kids how to do it and everything, but it changed her life. But what I'm finding as I do more and more research, 
the ADHD person, 90% of them are hypermobile. So that means people are like, well, I'm not flexible. And so what happens is your ligaments in the joint are flexible. So then your muscles and your fascia actually have to take over, which means you think you're not flexible. So those people tend to go to gymnastics, yoga. Um, they go to things that actually stretch their joint, which is not optimal because they really need to anchor the joint to stretch their fascia and muscle to get real flexibility. So yeah, that hypermobility leads to instability and then dysfunction because other structures have to take over. And that's why oftentimes hypermobile kids aren't chosen first to be on teams and stuff, because when they're little, it takes them way more energy to connect so that they're stable and they can run. So oftentimes you see kids flailing. That's also a hypermobile kid, but their brain's unaware of where their body is in space. So. And I don't think this is just a children's book. When I Not. was... <laughs> recognizing how much I was struggling after losing Jim, I told my loved ones to treat me like an infant because I really truly believed I had to relearn everything. So I think it can apply to anybody that's open-minded enough to recognize that what used to work isn't working and I have to learn new things. We have to switch your brain back on. But when you're in that trauma mode or high anxiety, um, it's really hard to one, get those old networks working because you're, you're not sleeping well, so you're not repairing. And then um, the other neurotransmitters aren't optimal either because then you're not digesting food because you're stressed. So it creates that cycle. And um, yeah, it's just, it's been really profound to, to notice, okay, whether it's a head injury, physical trauma or emotional. And so sometimes even watching movies can do this to people. And, you know, and then they watch that sort of thing. And, and ADHD people will want to watch really traumatic movies because it stimulates their brain and they need to stimulate their brain to relax. Yes. Certain. Anything that was too much. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it was just too much sensory overload. It was like things were coming from all over the place. Yeah. And they tell you to sit and do nothing, which is impossible in this world of technology, but we don't know how dangerous it is. And we yeah. live in this bounce back culture. So anybody right now, it doesn't matter if you're not unable to get out of bed functioning. If you're walking around with any mild pain or discomfort, that matters. Oh, it does matter. It changes your brain. And it also, um, you know, when you're in pain, your vitality is reduced. And so then you want your, you, you don't want to do things. And so, you know, trauma after, um, you know, death of a loved one um, changes you because one, you have to grieve and everyone does that in very different ways. And the brain's doing it in whatever way it can. And then if the resources aren't there again, that makes it more challenging. And every, and, and the most important thing to do is movement, but you don't want to move. Right. And then it's like, how do I get through this? And people are like, okay, time's up. You know, really, you should be moving forward when really that's that person is part of your identity. And, you know, you have to really create a whole new identity without that person there. And so that does change the brain. And, and you, you need support internally to do that and externally. 
but people have a, okay, yeah, well, well, now what do I say to you? You know, like um, he's been gone for six months, you know, and then that's an awkward thing. And then people don't want to talk to you because they don't know what to say. So then that creates more isolation and the isolation again affects the brain. But if you're in trauma, um, what you do is also make your world smaller. And so then people all of a sudden their social circle becomes really small and then they do routine and then years pass. And then really they don't realize that um, they have no interaction because it's safer that way to keep it really tight and that you don't have any other this other um, stimulus coming in. So it's a disservice because one, your friends want to be there. You want, you need that connection. We need that for health and really it helps you move through really that pain of losing somebody. Yeah. And I love that you're explaining this. I just did a workshop last week and it was relief from grief. And most of the participants were having a conversation about my loved ones no longer bring up the person I lost. And the thought of how to bring up that conversation with them is too much for me. I'm going through enough just getting through the day. So we're at this standstill because I know they mean well and they think they're going to hurt me more by bringing, but I don't know how to even go. And so that's what I do. I help have those conversations, but we can just address the basic needs that might calm that nervous system down a little bit that doesn't change that reality, but it slows life down a bit. Well, it does. And and it's true. It's like when, when the brain is deficient. So part of, part of, you know, what I created with the concussion piece, especially during lockdown, I'm like, I can't go and reach all these people. So I partnered with a psychiatrist, borrowed his test, morphed it into concussion. And so I've been actually using it for four years and it's been hundred percent accurate in really indicating what the brain, the health of the brain, what neurotransmitters the brain's deficient in. And with that, so if you're really deficient in GABA, so it does GABA, dopamine, acetylcholine, and serotonin, and they all work with each other for happiness and all that sort of thing. But then deficiency in dopamine for a 10 year old, there should be no deficiency because neurotransmitters peak at 21. And so then after that, they gradually get deficient, but then with trauma and all that, your brain is really absorbing and using all that nutrition. So there's nothing extra to rebuild it. And then people aren't sleeping. So that piece creating that test um, can be used with people going through any sort of trauma. I have 10 year olds um, doing it all the way up to a hundred and um, I get them on the program because that can calm their brain down at a distance. And, and anyone it, listening that we lost, anybody who lost, <laughs> if we lost you with dopamine and serotonin and you're thinking, oh, they just want to drug me. This is not about giving you anything. This is about finding natural ways to create these chemicals that are already in our brains. So in case some of these terms are over your head, this isn't about the next pill. <laughs> no, it's not. And so what people get is anywhere, depending on what their outcome is, they just get their one outcome. So it's not overwhelming because this was designed for people with concussion. And the test was 50 pages. I put it into <laughs> an app. You just click the button and populate the numbers come to me. They go into the research study, which is all agreed on in, in the part. But it's like 
you get a nine to 14 page PDF on how to support your brain yourself. Because what the goal of the program is, is that you don't do any brain nutrition supplements, you actually get it from your food. And then when you're in distress, initially, you just need a little boost. And so then if people and if people are majorly deficient, I will um, actually reach out to them because the test can predict those at risk for suicide. And ADHD people, um, because their brain's already biochemically altered and deficient in GABA at birth, 90, more than 90% have suicidal ideation. So all my kids, all the people come in that have ADHD, I ask them. So um, do you have suicidal thoughts? And it is in my symptom intake form. I'm like, yeah, it's casual. Yeah. And um, I'm like, okay, so do you have a plan? No, but you know, it just, and so what's happening with that brain is that that brain thinks that's normal. To daydream about how many people would come to my funeral. To daydream what it'd be like. And then there's the other group that are major, majorly deficient. And with kids, I'm like, with a parent, I go, you have to work with me. There's no choice. Your child's at risk. What about the person who's in so much pain that doesn't necessarily recognize an active suicidal thought, but I can't take this anymore. I don't want to wake up tomorrow. Yes, that is starting to transition into that because in that millisecond when that pain is so great, the brain isn't really functioning and activating or accessing the executive functioning in the brain. And that's what prevents us from doing those rash millisecond actions. And I did have a, um, a boy who at 12 did that. He shot himself in the head. His whole temporal lobe is missing. Um, he's now graduating school. He's, he's 19 years old and um, very high functioning, has stroke-like symptoms, which is when the brain, the how to beat brain burps works with stroke people as well. Um, people with Parkinson's as well as kids with hypermobility. And so it's just anything to do with the brain. And um, with this, this boy, um, he's, he really, he regretted it because he lived through it. And he said, in just that moment of deep despair, that's the action he took. And um, thank goodness he, he did live. And I said, part of his purpose might be to share his story to help other kids that are in that despair. And um, so he's like, oh my gosh, yeah. He goes, I want to help people. And that would be, and I go, yeah, that's a no brainer that you have this amazing story. And really when that millisecond, so people do that and then they get deeper and then they don't get out of bed because they don't want to move. And then what's the point? And then they may take the next step. And that is really, um, and then again, coming out of that, if they survive, they really, a good percentage don't, don't want to die. That's their way of reaching out for help. And then I have had some that have had extreme mental health issues and personality disorder. And the one lady, um, I didn't work with her personally, but I was helping her, um, her aunt understand what happened because she was hospitalized several times. And each time she went in, she goes, just let me die. I cannot manage this disease. And I am such a horrible person to people and I am, I can't help it. And so I wish I had worked with her because the getting the brain balanced as much as possible um, really calms the brain down. So those episodes would be much less. 
And um, yeah, so there's stories of, you know, this could help and this could help. And, and it is, it's just really finding out why is the brain deficient? And the brain is not talked about a lot. So if you're listening and you have a broken ankle and you think this doesn't apply because it's just a broke, any pain Mm -hmm. can interfere with the rest of our functioning and ignoring it or pretending it's okay to make other people comfortable matters. So if you're going, God, I kind of think this sounds interesting, but I just have a broken ankle. Take the quiz. Unresolved pain shows up in other areas. And I don't know about you, but when I was going through back issues and I had back surgery, I was crabby, right? I was in so much pain that my mood was not my normal self. It's hard to be happy when you're miserable. Yeah. And you're like, well, this pain ever end. And so the, the piece with that too. So I always say all pain begins in the brain. And so again, our stress level, can we take one more thing? So the pain can actually be bigger or we can go into numbness where we're walking around and really the body is so restricted that it, they don't feel anything. So there's two extremes for that, but pain every day change definitely changes the brain. And so an ankle looking at that. So when I do the dynamic brain healing and I teach that, um, we, we do, you know, have demos and people come in and athletes and, and one athlete, his entire career could not do a full squat. And everyone worked on his hip flexor and this and that, and he always had pain and restriction there. And I just did the brain protocol, full squat. So fascially that is attached. The brain is in the extracellular matrix. And again, extracellular ACM is fascia. So the brain here going all the way to the ankle is attached. It's one system. So a broken ankle, a twisted ankle changes one, your posture, the lines of tension in your fascia, which can even pull you forward, which changes your brain. It also changes circulation of oxygen to your brain. When you're bent over and looking down at your phone all day long, it changes the nutrients and how they get to your brain. So that's why it's so important not to look down all day long. And I have kids eight years old who have postures of 45 year olds, which means their nervous system is a 45 year old's nervous system at eight. So when they actually get to 45, that's not all, that's really not optimal. Yeah. How do people connect with you and learn more if they're listening, going, oh my God, there might be a solution. Well, there, but there is, there's always a solution. It's just, and that's, what's really driven me. It's like, I understand personally from my perspective, cause I went through this and this is how I, I created, I had six head injuries as an adult. I had multiple ones as a child and I have ADHD and no one could help me. No one could help me at all. So I created this partnered with people and got the system out there. And again, the brain health assessment has been saving lives and especially during lockdown. And especially when people are grieving because the, the lockdown grieving sense of community lifestyle, the ability to get an education, um, to go to the doctor. And then, you know, the grief of losing like friendships, partners and families, because you can't get there. And then when you actually physically lose a spouse, all of those are compounded and and then your parents and you couldn't even see them. So this now is bigger than ever. And um, yeah, so the brain health assessment is um, 
I can put the link in there, but um, then go to fasciatraininginstitute.com or simoneforche.com. And then in the Fascia Training Institute, the products, you just click on the products and the brain health assessment is the number one. You just click on that and it takes you right to the test. If there are some children and young adults that might not be willing to take the test themselves at first, can a parent do it about their child to at least get started? They can do it with their child. So I haven't had any kids that have not wanted to do it. Okay. And um, which is very interesting. And so I have the brain health assessment, which was really for the concussion part. And then I um, have got a visitor and then I created the brain fitness test for those that were really looking at, okay, so how does that affect my workout? How does that affect my muscles? And so the neurotransmitters act actually affect muscle tone, balance, how you recover. So all of that, and it's a different PDF that people do for the brain fitness test. So, and then I'm creating one for children younger than, than 12, because there's five questions on there that are, you know, the parent does have to skip over, but um, I have had 12 year olds answer them. And so I'm wondering why their brain is answering them at that age. So then there's a lot of trauma there, or they're exposed to a lot of extra um, or, or content that is really for someone 18 years old and over. So that goes into a whole demo demographic, but yeah. So um, if people like the brain fitness test, that's it in people like, Oh, the fitness of my brain. So then it's less um, kind of scary. Um, and the brain assessment is really for the results are for how to repair your brain after trauma concussion. So, um, but with parents, um, I just want to say, when their child's doing it, their child can sit beside them, or if they're younger, um, they can read it out to them and read the questions and then just do true, false, skip the ones that aren't appropriate for the age. And then the, the results will still be the same because there's a, you know, a, a margin of error built into the test. So, cause I have a lot of people who have the ADHD, OCD, and like, wow, that question, that one question out of 116, that one question is going to matter. And it, and it matters to the person, but it won't change the outcome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Any and for, for people who are older, um, again, it is user-friendly. And again, it's just true, false, true, false. They just click on that. So it's very um, user-friendly for all age groups. Okay. That's great. We talked about this a little, what about the skeptics out there? Oh, the skeptics. So I do have, um, I do have a lot of people who question it. Um, but what's interesting is the demographic that is taking the test are those that want to, they, they've seen the best of the best in the world. Like Dr. Amen, they've seen these people, they spent 40 grand here, 50 grand here, and they're still suffering. So then they find me and they're very distrusting because while all these people said they were the best and would help them and they didn't. And so I just sit down and talk to them about really, um, I have a team behind me. I have a psychiatrist, you know, who created the test. I have medical professionals that I send the numbers to that um, they, they really been working with this test for 30 years. And they use it for other things, but they said they've never seen numbers like the one I get that, that I get. And they said they wouldn't work with that demographic. And neither will people like Dr. Amen. They like the 80% that will get better no matter what you do. 
Mm-hmm. And so they just need a tweak here and there, a nudge here and there, and then they get better. The 20% are really, they they have a lot of things going on emotionally, physically, and that sort of thing. But the test is based in science. Um, I am publishing the, the paper on all the results coming up pretty soon. And so then that's going to make it exposed out to a greater population of people. Um, but really those... Um, who are at risk or those that want to improve their brain, they, if it can help them, uh, they'll do it. So I'm going to have to ask my dad to humor me and do it for me because he's one of the, I've tried everything. I've been to everyone, nothing works. And I'm a medical doctor. So I know everything. (laughs) There's nothing I, I haven't studied. Right. And which is super cool. I work with a lot of PhDs, MDs um, together combined. I, I went out and did some stuff with the Carrick Institute and they're like, oh my gosh, like that we need stuff like that. And so I'm like, yes, because that's a missing link is really looking specifically at the brain nutrition and, and for the past four years. And when I started it doing the program, I think now seven years ago, I wouldn't be able to have done this Zoom meeting. I wouldn't have been able to teach. Uh, my anxiety was so high. I didn't even know that I had um, social anxiety. I was just like, I'd overbook and do four, you know, book four things and then not show up to one because I didn't want to go. And then now my brain is better than when I was 20. And what about somebody with, what, what about things like colitis? Like those, that's to me, that person has to be living in pain. Oh, but it absolutely. might not be this. This really can apply to anything, right? Yes, and so because I get questions of people, well, I'm doing other medications, so of course, if they need to do the brain health supplement program, it's usually really one the one of four things. And so we're looking at amino acids. We're looking at okay, the the brain nutrition for acetylcholine because acetylcholine determines your brain's age. But see, people who do fasting and all that's really bad for your brain. And uh, people are like, oh, but I look good and I don't have inflammation. Yeah, but you're, you're really you're, all the fatty tissues, which are your nervous system, your brain, your heart needs good fat. And so it's like really understanding that both colitis, calming down the nervous system would have a huge impact. And so far, and I've had over a thousand people now or up to 1500 who've taken the test and, you know, hundreds on the program, people with thyroid issues to um, all sorts of physical colitis um, and autoimmune, a lot of autoimmune, a lot, because again, that is a so impossible to treat. Well, because here's the thing with concussion and head injury, autoimmune can present, but it's not actually autoimmune, which is interesting because that's why some doctors, they're like, well, you kind of have lupus, but not really. Or you kind of have this, but not really like you're not definitive. And so oftentimes these symptoms can come from a head injury and they present like adrenal issues and and um, Graves disease, all these sorts of things. So by looking, okay, we calm the brain down then do those symptoms go away? And then the medical community go, oh, it's a miraculous remission. But you know what? doesn't matter because really the goal is if people get better and they never have another symptom again, that's fantastic. So um, there are there. And so I'm like always super positive about things. I'm like, oh, it can work. And, And so when people go, 
in the first week or two weeks, like the timing, everything of the brain nutrition program is very specific to what the person has because the brain does sometimes the opposite of what it should. Mm-hmm. So let's say we introduced one amino acid is supposed to calm it down, but for people very deficient, it's going to wake the brain up. So then we can't do that at night. It's all the timings, very specific. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's very detailed, very detailed to people. But I love that you've mentioned that this is even more complicated during COVID. There are so many people, my clients that are just, even just saying, I don't feel like myself. Things that didn't bother me in the past are really upsetting me now. And that's not fun to live with. That is a reason to take this test and look at what can I do that I might not even be aware of to help my situation. And and I'm seeing that in friends and family and clients and and you can see it in yourself. And that's a clue to say, here's a solution that I never knew existed. What's the worst that can happen? Right. And what's awesome is not much, (laughs) you know, there isn't really going to be a a side effect. What's interesting though, is the optimism for now. It was just the 20%, but these other people that are the 80% are feeling that same overwhelm, the anxiety, What's really great. And they do the program two, three, four months max. They're going to be better because it's just a nudge. They're, they are the 80%, but it's mimicking that they are a part of the 20. So their brains are really healthy. They're physically really healthy, but it is two and a half years of trauma. And so again, some people might take a little longer depending on how they react to the trauma, but mostly the 80, those 80% now that are presenting with the same symptoms will recover. And it's, I, I actually have one gentleman in right now, he's the 80%, but he's presenting as the 20%. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, how long will it take for me to get better? And he had an in-person treatment. He's on the brain health program and he had one treatment. He improved 70%. And I said, you're definitely the 80% because you're healing so fast. But because he went to other modalities that said they were concussion treatment and they did all this and he suffered from December till two weeks ago. And he said he was continually getting worse. And so I'm like, okay then we're treating you like the 20%, but your recovery is going to be way faster. And that's the thing. If you're listening, I have said all the things you're saying. I went to Michigan. I have all these degrees and I can't read a sentence right now. Yes. There's nothing wrong with you. It, our brain needs all sorts of things to function (laughs) and we're not, taught this type of technique to look at them. So don't suffer in silence. That's my biggest thing. There's so many people walking around struggling and there are solutions available. So thank you so, so much. Uh, Do you have any last thoughts or final words for people listening? You know, um, really what you said, don't settle because your brain can actually be better than it was before, which is like, wow. And it's, it is life-changing And just understanding or being able to know, like we're talking here, this is how you're hearing about it. And that's how it works is like, you know, old school word of mouth, you know, podcasting, that sort of thing. And now you have a new tool that can support you to another level and just take, take the risk. It's, it's worth it because you do deserve to have your life back at any age. Yeah. And no matter what ailment you're dealing with, 
I want to be clear that the the, removing pain in any area of your life will make your life better in other areas. So thank you again for your story, for your time. Anybody listening, we'll put it in the show notes to connect, but it's simonefortier.com. And there are a few others I don't recall if you want to share them. Oh, the Fascia Training Institute. And um, so I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. There is um, some TikTok, <laughs> but I'm um, just looking up Simone Forche or the Fascia Training Institute. And I will also just include the link to the brain health assessment. Perfect. So they can just actually click that directly instead of because there's so much information on those websites that they could get lost. And we don't want that. Yep. And you can always reach out to me, Sam at samantharoos.com, and I will connect you with Simone. Thank you again so much. And until next time, everyone, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the ruthless movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.